Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Helper, Holy Ghost, Advocate, Teacher, Counselor, Comforter. All of these names and several more can be found in the Bible and are used to describe one being, the Holy Spirit. We read in the Bible about it empowering disciples, providing wisdom, and praying on our behalf. We also read that it lives in us. It's all pretty amazing and maybe even a little intimidating. Most Christians will tell you that they want to be full of the Holy Spirit, yet many of those same will tell you that they're not sure what that means. So what does the Holy Spirit mean to us today? Is it still empowering God's children? Can we experience it for ourselves? We explore all of those questions and more in our current series, Manifest. Let's dive in together and continue the upward journey. Good morning, Upward. Good to see a full house today. You glad to be here? I'm so glad to be here. All right. We get to do this three times. Did this on Thursday. Now we get at 9 o'clock, coming back at 11 again. Great to see y'all. Let's welcome our online community today. Give them a big hand. We're so glad you're with us. People with us from uh, all over the United States and in some countries of the world. We're really glad to have y'all. Y'all are learning to speak Southern through this guy right here. I hope you can understand. We may need a translator. We're in the conclusion of a series called Manifest. And we called it Manifest because it's about the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is what? Now, I hope you've had five weeks to get this. So I hope you have it now. And they're putting it on the board for you. That shows you the confidence level we have in you guys that you got this. We're giving it to you. You have a cheat sheet this morning. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to manifest Jesus to us and through us. The Holy Spirit comes so that we can know Jesus better and so we can make Jesus known to our world. Now today we're going to talk about the fun topic that you've all been waiting for. We have people from all different denominations come to Upward. We have some Baptists and some Methodists, some Pentecostals, some Charismatic. We have some people that are Babdicostals. Wow, I had no idea how many of those we had. <laughs> and if you come for long, you're inching your way towards the Pentecostal side of things. Some of you reluctantly. Today we're going to talk about the fun gift that everyone wonders about and struggles with, the gift of spiritual language. Say, Pastor, why are you talking about this specific one in a message? You didn't give a message to all the rest of them. Is this one the most important? It's not the most important. It's not the one thing about the Holy Spirit above everything else. But it is the one that creates some barriers for us and causes some confusion. Anybody here ever dealt with a language barrier? Funniest story I ever heard, and I'm glad I wasn't involved in it, was in Central America, this young woman missionary was visiting a church that had supported her for a long, long time. And uh, she showed up in the service kind of by surprise, and the pastor wanted to invite her up to the pulpit to greet the congregation in Spanish. And she didn't speak Spanish very well, and she just knew a few phrases. And she was like, no, I don't want to come up there. And the pastor's like, you know how preachers are. The pastor's like, come on, come on up here. So she says, okay, I know a little bit of Spanish, and she really knew enough to be dangerous. She said, I'll just say what I know to the congregation. So she got up to the congregation, and she was feeling really embarrassed. And she tried to come up with a Spanish word for embarrassed. 
And sometimes words transliterate really well that they sound alike in another language. So in our language, it's embarrassed. Well, she knew there was a Spanish word called embarazada. And she thought that means embarrassed. So she got up in the pulpit and her first words was, I'm, were, I'm, I'm very embarazada and it's the pastor's fault. <laughs> now about half of you know what I just did. Because embarazada in Spanish does not mean embarrassed, it means pregnant. <laughs> All the English speakers got a hold of that one now. She got up in the pulpit and said, hey folks, I'm glad to be here, I'm pregnant and it's the pastor's fault. Can you imagine how quickly he got the microphone away from her? Cut the mic. Stop everything. <laughs> Language can be a barrier. Ever since the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis, language has been a barrier in this world. In the book of Genesis, man is seeking to build a monument to, to himself, to his own wisdom, to his own achievement. And God looked down and saw the pride of man to build a monument to himself and the destructive power of that pride. And God said, I'm going to stop that. And God did something amazing and unusual. He confused the languages because he knew if they didn't speak the same language, they couldn't work together to build a tower to themselves. And men scattered all over the world. And we've had language barrier problems since that day. The book of Acts chapter 2 God began to build His church. He began to build a monument to Jesus Christ that would last for all eternity. To show the world that He gave His only begotten Son to save the sins of the world. And when God began to build His church, He sent a miracle and reunited language he poured out His Holy Spirit on 120 people. Those people were gifted to go out into Jerusalem and to proclaim the mighty works of God in languages they had never learned. Book of Acts lists 15 different groups of people that were in Jerusalem at the time. There were undoubtedly more. But 15 different groups heard them giving praise to God in their own language. And I want you to know that is powerful. Powerful. And on that very day, 3,000 people came to Jesus Christ. Anybody think we need the power of the Holy Spirit in the church? They went from 120 hiding in a room to 3,000 all over the city in one day because they'd been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And one of the great gifts they received on that day was the ability to speak and proclaim the wonderful works of God in languages they had never learned. What is a spiritual language? When you talk about it, pastor, what do you mean? It is the ability given by God. It's a gift. Everybody say gift. We use words with spiritual language sometimes that kind of put people off. We say, we need the evidence. And there's a lot of scriptural support for that, but sometimes when we say, we need the evidence, we miss the whole point. The point of spiritual language is not to prove anything to anybody. It's to know Jesus better and to make Him known better. 
point of spiritual language is not to get a spiritual gold star that says, hey, now I'm in the club and I'm better than the rest of the Christians. It's to know Jesus better and to make Him known in power. It's a gift. And it's a wonderful gift. Now, some of you have heard that gift abused. Some of you have been around that gift when it was misused. Some of you have been taught to stay away from us tongue talkers. I know you have because you tell me. They said, you go down to that upward. They, that's them tongue talkers, ain't they? You get in there and you'll be foaming at the mouth in a week or two. Rolling around on the floor uncontrollably. You'll be having some kind of a spiritual spasm. You were warned. I'm the guy your pastor warned you about. I don't appreciate that amen out there. I know who did it. I'm taking names this morning. I expect no less from him either. (laughs) Nothing to be afraid of. If Jesus has something for you, you want it. It's a time of gifts, right? Anybody buying Christmas gifts right now? You better hurry. Kids go looking around the house. I heard a friend the other day talk about how he would search all around the house. He knew his mom had bought gifts, and he would go searching around and come up with an excuse to look in their closet and look all around to unwrap the gifts. The other day I was praying, and I asked God. I said, God, speak to me. And I've told you already, the Holy Spirit often speaks to me in pictures he puts in my heart and in my spirit. And I just, in my spirit, I I don't know if you call this a vision. I don't know what you call it. And I'm not trying to be weird. It's just times when I ask God to show me something, I'll get a sense of a picture in my mind's eye and in my spirit. And I saw a beautiful gift. It was wrapped in in white wrapping paper. And it had a red and gold bow around it. And I saw God opening that gift for us. Say, what does that mean? I don't know. If you think I've got everything figured out, you're wrong. But I just believe this year at Christmas time, God's got some gifts for Upward Christian Fellowship. We're we're starting, this is a good lead in to the fact that we're starting a Christmas series next week, and it's called Unwrapping the Gift of Christmas. We're going to see what God does. But here's what I want you to understand. This spiritual language thing, it is a gift from God for you. And if God has a gift for you, you want it. Not because I'm pressuring you to do so, because we don't do that. Not so that you can check anybody's doctrinal or denominational box and say, I'm in the club. I think sometimes God gets tired of all our clubs and all the lines we draw and the boxes we try to check. And God's saying in the last days, I'm going to do something more powerful than that. I'm going to bring my church together. I'm going to bring people with my heart together and do a work in them that will shake their community. Amen. God's bringing people from all over and he's opening gifts for us. So what I'm uh, What I'm trying to say to you today, I can't even hardly speak English today and I'm talking about another language. 
What I'm trying to say today is don't run, don't be afraid. Just ask Jesus, whatever you have for me, I want. Book of Acts, 3,000 people come to Christ. Three other times in the book of Acts, this same sort of thing happens. The Holy Spirit is poured out on a congregation. In two of those occasions, it mentions the gift of spiritual language again. You jump forward 20 years and you can visit a little town called Corinth. It's about 50 miles west of modern-day Greece. It's It's an ancient Greek city. And there was a powerful church in Corinth. We have two books in the New Testament that are the Apostle Paul's letters to this church. And the church at Corinth were, they were powerful people, but they had a whole lot of problems. They all had their favorite preachers. I'm only coming when Pastor Andy preaches. Or I like to hear Pastor Greg preach. He's preaching today, I'm coming. That's the kind of church they had. You can be filled with God's Spirit and still have a lot of problems. Can I get an amen? They had another problem, though. They had spiritual gifts like crazy. But they were overusing some of them. They weren't using their spiritual gifts appropriately. And their worship services, including their communion services, became kind of a free-for-all when everybody kind of had their own individual church service when they were supposed to be worshiping together in unity. Five, ten, fifteen people are having church all off in a corner by themselves. And Paul had to come in and minister some correction to them. That's why in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, you see Paul give three chapters there devoted to spiritual gifts and how they should operate. Did you realize that, that 1 Corinthians 13, which is the chapter we always read at weddings, really is talking about spiritual gifts. It's saying everything you do, every gift you exercise should not be about you doing your own thing, but it should be done to love other people. It is a gift, and it is a gift of love. They all are. So Paul brought some correction to the church at Corinth. And in chapter 14, we're going to look at several verses from 1 Corinthians 14 today. And we're going to learn about the gift of spiritual language and its place in the church. Now, I believe there are two uses for this gift in our world today. Pastor, do you believe this gift still exists? Absolutely, it does. Well, I was taught that it passed away. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. And I'm not knocking your pastor or your church or anybody else, but I'm just saying the Bible never says that this gift will pass away while we're still on earth. It does say it will cease when we go to heaven. But while we're here on earth doing the same work the early church did, we need the same tools that they had. Amen. Number one use, spiritual language, is used for public proclamation. Public proclamation of the gospel. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. They went out praising and leading people to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be amazing to be able to proclaim the gospel in a language you never learned? Heard the story of a lady uh, out in the Far East, and she was experiencing uh, a woman who was demon-possessed. The woman was going into fits and spasms, and the And she was back in the jungle, actually, and this woman was a tribal lady that spoke a dialect that she couldn't understand and couldn't speak. And she prayed for this lady and prayed for this lady. 
Nothing happened. And finally she cried out to God and said, God, I'm not leaving this place until you help me get this woman free. And she said the Holy Spirit began bubbling up inside her spirit. And she began to speak a language that she'd never learned before and never spoken before. And that woman understood it. What she was doing is she was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to that woman. And that woman heard the gospel, came to Jesus Christ, and was delivered on the spot. And the lady said after that episode, she didn't speak that language ever again. The Holy Spirit came upon her and gave her the ability to do that. That's powerful. She'd been set free. So the gift of spiritual language can be used for public proclamation. Now, here's what I believe, and I believe the Bible backs me up on this. Public proclamation in a spiritual language is not a gift that every Christian will experience. Not every Christian is going to see that happen. In fact, I don't believe any of us possess the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm wading out into it today, but I might as well. I'm just going to preach. We've got all day, right? Will y'all move over when second service comes in and sit in the floor? We all do that. Uh, <laughs> parking lot team just heard that and they're really nervous right now. <laughs> I don't believe we possess the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People say, well, I have the gift of this. The gifts reside in the Holy Spirit. And if He lives in you, He can exercise whatever gifts He wants whenever He wants if you allow Him to. So don't allow your idea of having one gift say you can't move in another one. You understand that? But I don't believe every Christian... The Bible says it. Paul said it multiple times. Does everyone speak in tongues? Does everyone have spiritual language? And the answer is no, because I believe not everybody's going to have the gift of public proclamation. Now, here's what Paul says. When there is a public proclamation in spiritual language, that spiritual language must be interpreted publicly so that everyone can understand what God is saying. We don't stand up in public address. If I start speaking in a spiritual language right now, which I have a prayer language, if I start speaking in a spiritual language right now to you, and I go on for an hour, you could get bored because you won't understand. And we haven't accomplished anything if you don't understand what's being said. So just jumping up and speaking in a spiritual language and sitting down and saying, well, look at there. That's of no benefit. Listen, 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says, even so, if unbelievers, he's talking to the church at Corinth, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and they hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. Well, brother... I'm full of the Holy Ghost, and I just don't care who thinks I'm crazy. I'm God person, and I'm going to be crazy for Jesus. Oh, come on. I don't care what unbelievers think. You have to care because we're called to win them. Them thinking we're crazy is not a matter of us surrendering our pride It's a matter of us losing our influence with them because they don't understand what's going on. And Paul told the church at Corinth, if people walk in your services and everybody's just speaking in foreign languages and everything is chaos, they're going to think you're nuts and they're going to leave and not come back. 
had a wonderful neighbor for, for several years, and he was a really intelligent, successful guy. He had a PhD and smart guy, and we would, we would talk while we were mowing the yard. We'd stop and talk. One day I was out mowing the yard, and he was, and we stopped and talked, and he said, I know you're a pastor. He said, but I, I heard you were a Pentecostal pastor. He just found that out. I said, well, I am. He said, really? He said, don't Pentecostals speak in tongues? I said, yeah. He said, do you? I said, yeah, I pray in the Spirit. That's what the Bible calls it, praying in the Spirit. I do. He said, you just seem like such a normal guy. I said, well, I am. I'm just a regular guy. It's a gift of God. It doesn't make me weird. It doesn't mean I float three feet off the ground. It doesn't mean I go into a trance every five minutes. And He said, well, I went to a Pentecostal church once, and I said, really, what was it like? He said, well, I didn't understand what was going on. He said, we were in the middle of the service, and a lady just jumped up and interrupted the preacher, which we don't do. Notice how I tried to slip that in there unnoticed, but you got it, didn't you? Lady interrupted the preacher, and she went on for like 10 minutes in a language I didn't understand, and then she just sat down, and the service went on. And I said, well, listen, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. First of all, we don't interrupt each other. There's got to be some order. Someone has a word they want to deliver it upward. We have leadership here. You can talk to them, and they will pray with you. They will hear your word. And if the leadership believes that's to be shared with the congregation, we're going to share it. Whatever kind of word, prophetic word or message in another language, we'll, we'll do that. We want God to speak. He said, first of all, it's out of order. But second of all, the Bible said they should have interpreted, someone there should have interpreted what God was saying. If God was speaking a message, that should have been done. And he said, you know, I like the church, but he said, we never went back because nobody explained that to us. Folks, it's important as we exercise gifts of the Holy Spirit that we explain to people what's going on. There's no wonderful thing in just being weird. Amen. So if there's no interpretation, people will think you're crazy. And even more important than that, if there's no interpretation, they won't get the message. Paul said in verse 9, if you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. He's telling the Corinthians, understand the gift of spiritual language and know how and when to use it. So number one, it's for public proclamation. Now secondly, I want to get to the fun one. This is the fun part. Well, it's all fun, but this is extra fun because this is for everybody. This is for you too. Hallelujah. If you're a Christian, this is for you. Some of you get nervous right now. I asked somebody one time, I said, uh, recently, I said, uh, that was taught against this in their church growing up. And I said, what were you taught about Pentecostals? She said, uh, all we were taught was we don't speak in tongues. We just don't do that. We'll try anything else, but we're just not going that far. That's, that's the reason. You talk about healing, people can get on board with that, especially now. Talk about a gift of faith. Yeah, man, I'm in with that. Gift of giving. I'm sort of in with that. <laughs> Maybe that's the most difficult one. I don't know. But this one throws people. 
Number two, spiritual language is used for private prayer. And private prayer in spiritual language, I believe, is a gift that every Christian can receive. I don't believe God forces that on anybody. And we're not forcing that on you. We're not going to start handing out cards to people that speak in tongues and check as you come in the door to make sure you do. You can tell me after this service that's not for me and I'll still love you and you can still come here and we'll still fellowship together. It's okay. All right? But I want you to understand, if God has this for you as a gift, you ought to at least peek inside the box. You ought to at least ask. Because I believe this is one of the most wonderful Christian experiences that you can have. Private prayer in a spiritual language is a gift that every Christian can receive. I believe when you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, He does. When you ask the Holy Spirit to come in your life, you can receive a language of prayer. And regularly in my life, I was having kind of a tough morning yesterday. I was really struggling with something. And I got in the car, and I was driving to the grocery store. And all the way to the grocery store, I'm praying in the Spirit. I don't know if the cars driving by me noticed. But I was at war. I felt a spiritual attack. And through praying in the Spirit, I felt that spiritual attack turned around just like that. And the power of God was in my life. There was a time in my life I thought that was weird too. I was raised in a Pentecostal church and uh, loved my heritage and, and loved the Pentecostal church and uh, part of it still. But their way in this church of getting you through to this was tough for me. You'd come up to the front, they'd have an altar service, and you would come up to the front, and at least five people would be around you praying. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm watching this as a kid. Some of you have no idea about this, and I'm telling you about it, okay? They get you up front, start praying for you, and the chief goal was to get you to speak in tongues, and they were watching to make sure you did it. Because once you did it, you got it. Anybody relate to that other than me? It's kind of like... uh, And it was like, you got one guy on this hand saying, hold on, and the other guy saying, let go. They would shake you and wave at you and blow on you and pat your chest and do this to your chin. I've seen it all. And as a kid, I said, I ain't doing that. Because I'm not into demonstrative stuff, and I'm not into performing for other people when they want me to. And if something as unusual and, and almost as private as that, I don't have to do that in front of the whole church. So I got stubborn and said, I'm not, that's not for me. What I didn't know is you didn't have to go through all that. People doing that very sincere, and some people sincerely experience the power of the Holy Spirit like that, but I didn't. I got hard-headed. There was a time in my life I, my affection for Jesus cooled and I, I really wasn't walking for Jesus. I really came to Jesus when I was 19. Went to Bible college and I realized I needed that empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I began to pray. Nothing happened. And I'm a good old Pentecostal boy. I thought once I decided to do it, it just happened. 
I even let them do that to me. I said, y'all pray for me. And they shook me and everything in the world. Nothing happened then. I guess I've delayed so long that now I'm disqualified. (laughs) So I prayed and prayed and felt like I wasn't a good enough Christian. And the devil lied to me. And I just wanted God to be God in my life. I wanted Jesus to be Jesus in my life. And I wanted God's power. And I wanted to be able to pray in a spiritual language. One night I was asleep. And I had a dream. And it's as vivid to me right now as it was 30 years ago when this happened. I was in my dorm room. And I had a dream. And in the dream I walked into a room and there was a sick lady. And I was supposed to pray for her. And I walked into the room and I laid hands on her head. And when I did, I began to speak in a language that I'd never learned, praying to God. And in my dream, the woman got healed. What's amazing about it is I woke up still praying in that same language and have ever since. Pastor Robert Morris gave this testimony and I loved it. He he was just like me. He could never receive a prayer language. And he said he received it in his sleep and his wife heard him. And uh, he went to tell another pastor about it. And he said, does that work? And the pastor said, all the time. God always does that on hard-headed people. (laughs) Why'd you laugh at that? I did not intend for that to be funny. And it's been one of the most tremendous blessings of my Christian life. Why spiritual language so important? Number one, when we pray in a spiritual language, we strengthen ourselves. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. A person who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. See, Paul's making a contrast here between public and private. But he does say, when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up. Go over to Jude, verse 20, and Jude says, Beloved, pray in the Spirit and so build yourselves up. I just hit kind of a low point yesterday morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Something happens and you just hit a low point and I felt empty and scared and alone. And I drove to Ingalls praying in the spirit. I got out of the car and thought, you got to stop now. Got back in the car, started again. By the time I got home, my inner man had been strengthened. Amen. Amen. Now, how does this happen? What's this going to feel like? Well, you pray. When you've asked the Holy Spirit to empower you, He does. You will begin to pray. And something, this is so subjective. And it's different from some people. But for me, it just feels like a, a well that's bubbling up from my most inner man. And words start bubbling up. I know this is weird, but okay. You say, well, is it automatic? Some people think you're just seized and it just starts. Poosh. None of the spiritual gifts are automatic. If the gift of giving were automatic, money would just transfer out of your bank account to Upward Christian Fellowship. We're working on that. We're really trying to get that to work. Our technicians are really trying to get that to work for y'all, but we haven't got there yet. No, the Bible said they spoke. The Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do that. 
And it's the sweetest thing because you're praying from your spirit to God. Spiritual prayer, you see, that's my next point. When we pray in a spiritual language, we pray from our spirit. Paul said, my spirit is praying when I pray in spiritual language. It's a prayer that comes from God and goes back to God. And it is a perfect prayer because you're not praying with your brain. You're not praying with your emotions. You're praying out of the very depths of your spirit. Now, we've asked God to fill us, right? Now, we're not going to have you up here one at a time and say, go. Here's what I want you to do. You've asked God to fill you. Now, if you're hungry for this, let God do it. Get with God in prayer. And let the power of the Holy Spirit just bubble up in your heart. Amen. We're going we're gonna to watch a testimony. Patty Williams is over here. Patty and Mike and her husband are... They're one of our deacons here, and they are just precious people. If you don't know them, you need to get to know them. Patty was not raised in a tradition that taught this. And when she told me her story, I thought Upward needs to see this. So let's listen to Patty. I came from a background where the speaking in tongues and the expressive gifts of the Holy Spirit, they said, had ceased, that they were valid gifts during the time of the apostles or the first century church, but not for us. And so as I began to grow, I began to study the word for myself and got into the Bible. And I could not for the life of me reconcile that belief with what I was reading in the word. And so I began to pray, continue to read the scripture for myself and get to know Jesus more. And so, as I began to study and to pray, I asked the Lord to lead me into truth. I asked him himself, what is the truth of this? And so, shortly after I began to pray that, I noticed as I was praying and doing more studying that when I would pray, I would feel this voice. I would feel it inside of me. And it was a language that I did not know what was, but it didn't come out. It was just inside of me. It was in my heart and in my mind. And so as I was uh, still praying over that, uh, the voice, I got to know that voice inside of me, and it brought peace, and it brought assurance. It was not anything to be afraid of, but it did not come out. And so one day, Mike and I, my husband Mike and I were on vacation, and we got a telephone call that someone that we loved dearly was in a desperate crisis, and this was a life or death crisis. We were hours from home. I could not get to this person. Um, our heart was broken, and we were in anguish. So I began to pray. I walked around. I began to pray. And the only thing I could say was, Oh, God, help. Oh, God, help. And I kept repeating that. That's the only words that would come. But at that time, that's when the voice began to come out. And by this time, I was familiar with the voice. And when that happened to me, I knew the Holy Spirit was praying. It his voice, it brought peace to me, it brought assurance, it brought a calmness, um, it was nothing for me to fear, but it felt like a heavenly hug is what it felt like. It felt like he was not only praying for my loved one, he was there to help me. 
he was comforting me, he was helping me. And this language was coming out that was beautiful. And so that was my story about how I came to experience that gift. And when that happened to me, I knew that the Lord was leading me into all truth. The Bible said the Holy Spirit will lead us into the, the, the truth, and he certainly did. And I am forever grateful. It was beautiful, it is beautiful. And so I'm just very, very appreciative of the gift of the speaking in that prayer language because it has helped me to grow and to know the truth. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Love Patty so much. We put that up there because you might think I'm weird and struggle with that. Nobody that knows Patty's going to think she's weird for a minute. Praise God for testimony. Can we just give God praise for that? Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to pray for you right now. You can lift your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Jesus, I just ask you, and we ask you as a congregation, give us everything you have for, me, for us, Jesus. Lord, some may doubt and not know what this is all about, Lord. We've probably created more questions than we have answers today. But, oh God, I just ask today, give me all you have for me, Father, I pray. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to walk in your power. And for many here today, I want to have a language of prayer that I can pray to you out of my spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for that wonderful gift. We receive the gifts you have for us today. In Jesus' name. All right. Next weekend, I'm going to preach my annual sermon on the sin of gluttony. So please be here and hear about that next week. Eat all the turkey you want, but I'll see you on Sunday. No, next week we start our series, Unwrapping the Gift of Christmas. You want to come on back. We're so excited about the next several weeks as we lead into the most joyous time of year, Jesus Christ, the gift, the Son of God. Amen. Let me bless you right now. I just bless you this morning. I bless you this morning with the opening of gifts gifts that God has for you. Some of you, those gifts have been latent inside of you and they've not been moving and activated. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. And some of you have not been stirring those gifts and God's stirring that right in here now. He's stirring up some things that have laid dormant and you're going to go out and release those in our community for Jesus' sake and in his name. Now go in the power of that same Holy Spirit and take Jesus to your world. I commission you to do that. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you for being here today. Love you so much. You be blessed. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.